Hey everyone, welcome back to another bonus episode of the Craft Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Joe Ludwig, and with me tonight is my lovely wife and co-host, Caroline. How's it going, Caroline? Yo, yo, yo! How you doing? Alright, so we are recording another bonus episode. We are just on a roll. We recorded three episodes last week. You are like cracking the whip of like, we gotta record 20 episodes in a row. I know. Do the thing. I know. And I'm like, I just want to organize the house, knit and sleep. I can't believe I'm keeping you from that. I mean, look, we have half a counter. That's nice. Yeah. So this week, this bonus episode in particular, we are talking about a particular style of beer. And that style is called Pilsner. A.K.A. Beer Water. Crispy Boys, rice water. I don't think any of these beers are brewed with rice, though. We might have a Bud Light that we could have pulled for comparison in our fridge, but I also think that we like just left those all at your brother's house. So I don't think we have Bud Light. Every once in a while, I have to buy Bud Light for your mom. Maybe I will try to convince her that one of these is a Bud Light if I pour it into a glass. Oh, this does not taste like Bud Light. <laughs> I said maybe. She will notice. I bet she'll like um, the fretboard one. Yeah spoilers all right so we both have a beer what we beer do. are we drinking did you take the, the you put it behind you oh you have not had beers but you're acting like you've had beers yeah. oh my goodness so the first beer that we're drinking is way down on the dock oh my goodness what is going on ah google docs updated and i am not here for it so we are currently drinking a sunshine pilsner from trogues independent brewing in hershey pennsylvania I found this when I was looking for Pilsners and there were not a lot of options at our local craft beer mart. Can we talk about how you, uh, what is that song? I understood the assignment. Yes. Because I asked you to go to the five-way marathon. Yes. To get. You specifically said a six pack of Westside's Pilsner or 50 West's Pilsner. And to my perusal of the shelves, they had neither. Now, does that mean that they did in fact have either of those beers? It's possible. It was a little bit messy. I found beers out of order, but I did not see 50 West or West Sides Pilsners. So I was just perusing the shelves for other Pilsners. So how many beers, how many six packs did you come home with? Only three. I thought it was four. Only three. Okay. (laughs) So I was perusing the shelves and I found this as a Pilsner because it was like, it was like, they didn't have a whole lot of options for craft Pilsners Mm -hmm. and they had two of the ones that we already have. So those were already off the table. And then I was just like desperately trying to find a Pilsner by any other Cincinnati craft brewery. And I was like, oh no. And then I found this one from Trogue's Independent Brewing in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I was like, well, it's something. I will make note of that. And then I found another Pilsner. And then I found the Juniper Schwartz beer from Red Bull Metal, who unfortunately has closed their doors. But the beer was delicious. I was like, I am buying a six pack of this before it goes away forever. Yeah. And I I ended up bringing home three six packs of beer. So um, on a previous show, I talked crap about the marathon at the old five way. They have improved their selection drastically. Having not entered their beer cooler before it looks like they have improved their selection drastically. Like you would have issues navigating their beer cooler because I mildly had issues navigating their beer cooler. 
So there was a lot of stuff. Yes, there was a lot of stuff in their beer cooler. So we are drinking the Sunshine Pilsner as our first beer from Trogues. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. It takes the right ingredients, people, and processes to nail the complex balance of two-row barley, zesty saws, hops, and lager yeast. Secondary fermentation creates natural carbonation that delivers soft notes of fresh-cut straw and flowering herbs. In the end, this bright and refreshing clean American craft pilsner is our go-to when the sun is shining and makes us happy when skies are gray. And then a bit about the brewery. Yeah, because I, I put this in here because I'd never heard of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't either. But, I mean, I am down to go visit Hershey, Pennsylvania. Of course you are. <laughs> so, about Trogues Independent Brewing, we're a bunch of family, friends, and kindred spirits who share a love of great beer. Together, we make Trogues, founded in Pennsylvania in 1997 by brothers John and Chris Tronger. Trogues is driven by a sense of adventure and curiosity. I am probably butchering their last name. Troger? Trogner? Trogner? Probably Trogner. I'm going with Trogner. Because it kind of looks like frog. Sure. <laughs> you might know our perpetual IPA, the best-selling IPA in Pennsylvania. Or the dark, malty, and crisp Troganator. Maybe you've tried one of the hundreds of experimental Scratch Series beers we've brewed. Or taken the, quote, best brewery tour in America, end quote, here at our Hershey home. Whether you're already a member of our extended family or you're just getting to know Trogues, there's always something new to discover. Crack a perpetual and stay a while. So they have the best brewery tour in America. I mean, we have to do it now. So we went to Lake, was it Lakefront in Milwaukee? Yes. We what? went to Lakefront Brewing in Milwaukee before children. Right. And didn't they claim to have They did something? claim to have something like the best brewery tour. It was a pretty good tour. Oh, yeah. It was fun. The tour guide was completely eclectic. Uh, yeah, schloss, schloss. Yeah, there was lots of beer. <laughs> he was drinking like a nine percent IPA or something. Yeah, and I don't think it was his first one either. But I mean, he was very knowledgeable. He was. So I mean, it's a it's a good crisp pilsner. I'm not like a pilsner is not my favorite style, but it's always a good like safe go to. When it's hella hot outside and you want to kind of stay hydrated. Yeah, this isn't as light as I expected. There's a lot of flavor to it. And it's a little hoppy. It does have some hop characteristics that I wouldn't expect from a Pilsner. Yeah. Necessarily. But it's not bad. No. And like they're super awesome with their can because they actually tell you what hops they put in it. They tell you the color. Um, they tell you how long it's offered. So this one's a year-round offering. Yeah. They give you the ABV and then fluid ounces, and it says to serve in a lager glass. Uh, these are are these lager glasses? I don't know. This kind of looks like the glass in the can. So it, we got Braxton Labs glasses that we got from going to Braxton Labs when they opened. Yeah. Did you say the ABV? I thought I did. It's 4.5%. If I didn't say it before. Or if I did say it before, it's still 4.5%. That hasn't changed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad beer. I nope. would I would get this. Um can is cool. I like the it's just a sun. Yes, because it's a sunshine pilsner. So this is kind of like a good cross between you know, something that you know, it's basically water. I mean we kinda joked about pilsners being water or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this isn't, this has a ton of flavor. Yes, yes, it does. 
I mean, it's not like a Bud Light or any other American Pilsner. No. Um, he has a ton of flavor. Uh, a lot more flavor than I, like I said, I was kind of surprised. And it's really clear. Oh my goodness. I like how the hiccups or something won't be going on. It's really clear too. I can see your face through it. Yeah, it has that beautiful color. Uh, these guys, I was doing some research. They opened in 1997. Yeah, that's what I said in the thing that you copy and pasted. So I've never heard of them. It's, uh, you. how did you pronounce it? I said, tro- or wait, I said, I said trogues. Trogues. Because there's an umlaut over the O. Yeah, so it's T-R-O with an umlaut, E-G-S. I wonder if they have something on their website. Yeah, pronunciation is key in, in this show. But yeah, you can go search for them, and apparently they just, they distribute here to the west side of Cincinnati. Yeah, which was... Surprising, I guess. Yeah, that was what I was going to say, but then I yawned. Because we listened, well, we, we hung out with peeps at the Weekly Pint, and then we decided to record a point five. So let's talk about the style a little bit. So Pilsners, and this is from our the greatest source, wikipedia.org. They're a great beer website. All they talk about is different kinds of beer. It's fantastic. It's very helpful for this podcast. So they say uh, a pilsner may have a very light clear color from pale to golden yellow with varying levels of hop, aroma, and flavor. The alcohol strength of beers, term pilsner, uh, vary, but are typically around 4.5% and 5% by volume, alcohol by volume. And then according to craftbeer.com, they interviewed some brewers and they claim that they are very popular among people in the brewing industry. However, they are difficult to perfect. Yes, yes, they are. Not like, I mean, the process of brewing is just, you know, it is what it is, but it's the the flavor, getting that flavor profile right. Because even if your water's different, because even if your water is different, your beer will taste different. So if your water has too much calcium in it, your beer is going to taste different than the day when it didn't have too much calcium in it. And people can pick up on that. Whether or not you realize you can pick up on it is a different thing. But you might be like, hmm, this doesn't taste quite right. Right. So the Pilsners have a need for intense attention to detail, including ingredients. And um, they say that there is less ability to cover up any errors. So that's basically what you were saying. Um, Any errors in like ratio, ingredient ratios or errors in... You know, as basic as, you know, you have too much calcium in your water. Yeah. You don't have anything to hide behind as Typically, far as I strong like flavors. The, this one has the sunshine posner. It has some strong flavors. It's, yeah, it's a little hoppy. It's more strong than I'm used to, at least. And there's still some head hanging out in my glass. So it's very carbonated, for sure. Um, very frothy. Uh, and it all, they also said, the, these are the brewers that craftbeer.com interviewed, they said that lager yeasts tend to be more tempor- temperamental temperamental than ale yeasts. Yeah, so um, if you listen to our Hefeweizen episode, we talked a little bit about about how, how yeasts can act in beer, in Hefeweizens in particular, 
it's not a lager, mm-hmm. but um, if you store it at different temperatures, you get different flavor profiles. So same thing with, with the lager yeast that Pilsners use. It has, has a particular profile, and you have to be very careful about how you handle the brewing. Yeah. I mean, you can say that for any yeast, but um, apparently lager yeast in particular is, there's a lot more to do. It's harder to keep things cool because ale yeast ferments at about room temperature, like your typical room temperature, but lager yeast wants to be a good 15 to 20 degrees cooler than that. So now you have to put in a lot more manual, you have to put a lot more energy into your beer to make it because you have to cool things down. Versus an ale where you're just like, yep, it's going to chill at the same temperature that I chill at all day. So we're fine. Yeah. So um, let's open up another beer because we have four beers. Yes. Yes, we do. And let's see. All right. Oh, man, that is way different. We're really good about finding beers that are very, very different, even though they're all the same. Style. Yeah. Okay. So the beer that I just poured is a beer brewed by a local to Cincinnati brewery. And it is called High Grain. You may have heard of them. <laughs> we haven't been to High Grain before. We have not been yet. As of this recording. Right. As of this Who knows? Week. We went to two breweries in one weekend. Like last, that was, oh my goodness. It was barely a week ago. It was a little over a week ago. It was two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weekends ago. Like a little over a week ago. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows? Maybe we'll be crazy again. <laughs> Maybe we will be crazy again. Well, they are in Silverton. So that's like downtown. Mm-hmm. Just like outside of downtown. But we are drinking the High Grain Brewing Pilsner. Uh, just like the previous one, it is uh, golden in color. It has a pretty good head, so that's good. It is 5.1% ABV, and the can says, light, crisp, smooth. Medium light, crisp body, finishing with a classic herbal and spicy flavor from the noble hop, Saz. This one also uses Saz hops. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty common one. Yep, and High Grain Brewing is brewing sustainable culture, according to their can also. They do geothermal HVAC, solar power, renewable energy, and local sourcing. I've driven by them before because I don't, I was in the neighborhood for something and I drove past and I was like, oh, there's high grain. I need to go back there. And then I haven't been back yet. Where, where exactly are they? I need to look that up because I don't remember exactly what I was doing. Okay. So I took a swig. Very different than (laughs) the sunshine, but a good different. This is more of what I expected the style to be. It's less hoppy, more crispy boy, but still has that flavor profile. Yeah. And backtracking for a second, I was at Myers Wine Cellars getting sparkling grape juice for something with Hillary. So Hillary would have something that was like wine to drink. And to get to Myers Wine Cellars, I had to drive past High Green. They are in Silverton, which is... It's like outside downtown Cincinnati. Yeah. It's like right there, which I'm not very familiar with. They're near a country club in French Park. I've heard things about French Park and Amberly Green. I do not know the east side of Cincinnati that well. They're north of the Norwood Lateral. So we should go there sometime soon. Sure. <laughs> you have to get out, dust off the old passport. Yep. Um. Yeah, so this is uh, 
pretty typical to what I expected, as I said. But it has a ton more flavor than like your average but Light, Miller Lite, what, what have you. Oh, for sure. Very mild hop profile. Yeah, this is a little bit more... Like I said, crispy boy. Yeah. But premium. It's a little more neutral? Neutral, maybe. Maybe that's a good word for it. I don't know. Yeah. I still have that hop, those hops in my mouth. Maybe that wasn't the best one to go first. Hey, you never know until you know. You can eat some crackers. That's supposed to help. Or, well, when you're doing different like sniff tests, so like if you're like sniff option A and then sniff option B and tell you which one, tell me which one you like more, they say to sniff the inside of your wrist in between sniffing option A and option B because that helps reset your nose. That is a thing that I have been told on That's multiple weird. studies. <laughs> That's weird. It's weird until you do it and you're like, oh man, that works. Don't we have fancy crackers? I feel like your mom gave them to the kids. I don't, there should be a box of fancy crackers hiding all that jungle gym stuff. Also, read our blog post about jungle gyms because we went to jungle gyms with the kids and it was lots of fun and we did not not spend a ton of money. You bought them. They're entertainment crackers. That's what they're supposed to be. I don't like this particular style. I like the style that I already ate. Oh my goodness. You're the one that bought this box of crackers. I would have recommended against this box of crackers for the record. Why didn't you say something? Because you put it in the cart with confidence. You didn't ask. You just did. You weren't like, hey, do I like these crackers? Because I'd have been like, no. But I do. This is going to be a fun episode. Also, pro tip. This is Caroline's event hosting tip of the day. If you're cleaning up from hosting an event and packaging up the food that you had lying out, do not put your bread in with your crackers in the same bag because they're essentially the same thing. Because that is how you end up with very hard bread and very floppy crackers. Because if you have cookies or brownies that have gone a little, like maybe they're like two or three days past their prime, if you throw them in a sealed container with a slice of bread, it will hydrate them right back up and then you'll end up with a very stale piece of bread. I forgot that science when I packaged everything up and then remembered the next day when I tried to eat something from the bag and just pitched the whole thing. When was this? I don't remember, but it was an event that I hosted like ages ago. I do not remember specifics. Just remember that I had a gallon size bag that had like sliced French bread and crackers in it. And all of a sudden I had inedible crackers and French bread because I put them in the same bag because I have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> but these Pilsners, man, these Pilsners are not a terrible mistake. So we have the Czech style Pilsner. Did you want to get into the history of Pilsners? Something. You did. So scratch that. That was me. That's going to be a button, isn't it? So how the Pilsner beer style developed. At the start of the 19th century, the quality of beer in Europe was poor and standards varied wildly. In Pilsen, the quality reached a nadir and the drinking citizens revolted. What's it? I'm going to say it was really, really bad. Because they poured 36 kegs of city beer into the streets in front of City Hall. You only had half a beer. Where did this word come from? <laughs> okay. So according to the Google, the lowest point in the fortune of a person or organization. Okay. So they hit rock bottom. That's what Nader is. Okay. They had reached the nadir of their suffering. So in Pilsen, they reached rock bottom. And per usual, the citizens revolted. So they poured 36 kegs of city beer into the streets in front of City Hall. They like they did in America, but probably before America did in America. Instead of tea. 
Instead of tea, it was beer. It's got to be really bad beer if you're just going to dump it out. And the citizens then decided to start from scratch, building a new state-of-the-art brewery with the latest technology and hiring a brewer. Wait, this was in 1839? This was after America did America. They were copycats. So realizing that the most renowned beers at the time were made in Bavaria, the town hired two Bavarians, a builder slash architect named Martin Seltzer, or Stelzer, Stelzer, it's Stelzer, not Seltzer, (laughs) and a head brewer, Josef Grohl. The new collective brewery was called the Burger Brewery, Burger Brewery, German for Citizens Brewery or Municipal Brewery. You know, we have a we have a municipal brewery in Cincinnati. Now we need a citizens brewery to match that. That's the same thing. Probably. Seltz, Stelzer. Oh, my goodness. I keep wanting to say Seltzer, but it's definitely Stelzer. A prominent 24-year-old Pilsen builder had never previously built a brewery. He visited breweries throughout Bavaria and Europe to understand the latest technology. Later, he became a celebrated brewery designer. Stelzer built the new brewery on the Radbuza River because it had sandstone rock for easy excavation of deep tunnels for lagering and aquifers for supplying soft, relatively mineral-free water, which I mean makes sense based on the style. Grohl grew up in the town of Vilshofen in Lower Bavaria, where his father operated a brewery and had long experimented with various recipes for making the famous bottom-fermenting Bavarian lagers. Grohl also toured breweries and learned the latest malting techniques, especially from British maltsters, before brewing in Pilsen. Instead of using the standard darker malts of the time, he succeeded in kilning a malt so pale that it made a golden brew. He then used profuse quantities of the acclaimed Saz Noble Hop, a bottom-fermenting lager yeast, the soft local artesian artesian water, and cave lagering to produce the strikingly pale, clear, and smooth Pilsner beer. Grohl first unveiled it to the citizens of Pilsen on October 4th, 1842 at St. Martin's Market. Ooh, St. Martin's is down the street from our house. The beer created an immediate sensation since such a golden brew had never before been seen. The recipe remains relatively unchanged today. And that was from an article that I found. It's uh, an article called Behind the Pilsner, the beer style that conquered the world. Oh. And it is on craftbeer.com. The link will be in the show notes. So that's a little bit about Pilsners, just like the basic history. And what I got from that was October 4th is Pilsner Day. I mean, that's perfect for Oktoberfest season. So like, we should like celebrate that or something. So um, now we are going to talk about a beer that I just cracked open. This is beer number three. I like beer. And we are partying hard tonight. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Okay. So, uh, and we are splitting these beers, by the way. This beer is Vlad. It's the Vlad Pilsner by Fretboard Brewing. They're located in Blue Ash, Ohio. They are. Mm-hmm. It is 5.3% alcohol by volume, and it is 17 IBUs, brewed in, brews in tune. I know I say this all the time. I love their artwork at Fretboard. Do you want to go on about it for about five minutes? Two episodes after you went on about it for five minutes? No. No, that's all I'm going to say about it. I, li- I like the artwork. I don't know why it's called Vlad. Is Vlad a Czech guy? Let me, let me Google that for you. While you're doing that, this won the Civil Award at the 2018 World Beer Cup. And it just won something, like, within the last week, because the gnome talked about it on the Weekly Pint today. Yeah, by the way, Cincinnati Beer? It won at the, at the 2022 U.S. Beer Open Championship. Oh, did it? Yeah. Nice. I think it got gold again, but I don't remember. This says so far. Well, that was 2018. Right. I'm just reading what's on the can. They need to update their can if 
if they it literally just happened well um <laughs> make it digital digital labels is there anything you wanted to say about this it's very smooth it very is pal. very smooth had pretty much went away there, it did there's so a little bit left the the higher grain and the sunshine pilsner both had very high heads vlad not so much i'm not saying that it's flat no it's definitely I mean, not flat there's quite a few bubbles going on. Definitely gold. This was canned June 1st. Golden color. Crispy. Has a good flavor. Definitely a crispy boy. I can see you through it. So that's good. It has a really good flavor. Mm-hmm. I like the flavors that Fritboard does too. It's delicious. I love this beer. It's a good beer. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've actually bought this beer. Actually, I You don't... still haven't bought this beer. I bought this beer. Well... But I know what you mean. The first time that we bought it and had it in cans. We mm-hmm. usually don't buy Pilsners, craft Pilsners. No. Like if we buy, if we pay the eleven ninety nine or whatever the hell it costs, we, we go for something heavier than like a Pilsner. Usually. I mean, because the stuff usually sits in our fridge for a bit too. But this would be able to hold up for that. So I don't think so. Pilsners don't hold up. The seasonal stuff doesn't really... The darker stuff holds up. We mm-hmm. have a bunch of darker stuff. The lighter stuff, I don't know. But this is really good. Very tasty. Um, and congratulations, Fretboard, on winning, if you did indeed win. So Cincinnati.com has an article that has all of the U.S. Open beer winners. I was going to say that um, C- Cincinnati slayed in the recent beer competition. They really did. I don't, is it the World Cup or the U.S. Open? It was the U.S. It was the U.S. Open Beer Championship. Yeah, so they they completely slayed. They really did. I don't know if Cincinnati was the the city with the highest medals, but we we won a lot of medals. So apparently, Sun King took home the top recognition as Grand National Champion because they had the most winning entries, earning four gold, one silver, and two bronze. But Third Eye came in third overall, earning two gold med- medals, three and three silver. Third Eye. We just, we visited them for the first time this year. Yeah. We we went twice, I think, right? Or three times? Twice? Twice. So here's an interesting thing from their website, because I'll, I'll post this in the show notes. The U.S. Open is the only major championship to allow gold medal winning beers from the AHA, from the AHA National Homebrew Competition to compete against professional breweries. This year, for only the second time in the history of the U.S. Open, a homebrewer, Caleb Munkey of Cambridge, was Wisconsin won a gold medal for his American wheat beer. So a home brewer won a gold medal because it's not like, so there are some beer competitions where like, so PBR is a blue ribbon beer. So it's, it's Pabst blue ribbon because like blue ribbon is like the highest ribbon you can get. And part of the reason why that's the case is because like they'll enter in as a Pilsner one year and like an Amber the next and like they'll change up what category they put themselves into yeah and then they win because oh you are the most different tasting beer in that category because technically you're not like super in that category but by technicality like you can be in that category so i mean it's pr it's all pr i run into that when we do like awards for executives and stuff i don't do that stuff but my colleague does it's all a game yeah and you can't win if you don't apply Right. Correct. And so like hundreds of breweries put in beers, but you only learn about the top three or four. I don't know. how. That's a good question. I don't know how many people apply for these competitions. I'm assuming it is hundreds. 
I would assume so as well. But I don't know. But like I said, you can't win if you don't apply. And if, you know, some crazy town in Kentucky that no one's heard of has truly has the best beer, but they don't apply, they can't win the gold medal, right? Correct. And that's why you'll hear a lot about breweries after they win. Or if they're going to send a lot of people to the brewer, to like the competition itself to like announce that like, hey, our peeps are at this event to like go rep us. But until you actually get back the awards, they won't necessarily say what they put in for competition. So after scrolling through, because I should have just control F'd, fretboard won gold. They tied an international style Pilsner for Vlad. They tied with Vicious, Vicious Fishes Brewery for who had Octopils and they're from North Carolina. I'm assuming Asheville, but I don't know where they're based from. I'm just saying Asheville because Asheville is where all the beer is from in North Carolina, obviously. It just says North Carolina. It doesn't say a city. Correct. I can look up Octopills, though. Um, I don't know if any of these locations translate to Asheville. So it might not be Asheville. I'm pretty sure they would say Asheville if they meant Asheville. I would assume so as well. All right. Definitely they have, they're near Rally. Let's move on to the types of Pilsners that you might see out there. The first of which on this list is the Czech-style Pilsner. In the Czech Republic, only Pilsner Urquell is named as, quote, Pilsner. However, outside of the Czech Republic, Czech-style Pilsner is synonymous with any lager beers, including any Czech brand, that are golden colored, brewed with malt and saz hops, such as... Pilsner, Urquell, Budweiser, Budvar, Gambrias, Kozel. I don't know any of these brands. Radigast, Stratoprimen, and Starburno, and Kosovoice. Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, the big one in there, and the big one in there is Budweiser. And that is Budweiser, not Bud Light. Correct. Yeah. So there is that uh, distinction. Uh, and then the next one is the German-style Pilsner, light straw to golden color with more bitter or earthy tastes, such as Beck's Bitburger, Flemsburger, Furstenberger, Holstein, uh, Javer, Koenig. I don't know any of these. Krumbacher, Radeburger, St. Pauli Girl. Yeah, you I know St. Pauli Girl. I know St. Pauli Girl, yeah. It's not my favorite. Veltins, Warsteiner, Vernus Gruner, and Einbacher. We know Einbacher pills. Yeah. So based on that description, I would say that's it might be what where the sunshine pilsner fits in. I would go with that. Um, like the earthy taste. Mm-hmm. And like as a sidebar, when I try to explain what I wear when I'm in Bavarian costume, I say just imagine a German beer glass that has a girl holding liters of beer. Because it's St. Pauli Girl. I basically tell them to imagine the St. Pauli Girl logo, logo. And it works every time. Every time. You could just say uh, Chevy Chase European Vacation. No. Is that before your time? <laughs> that is before my time because you're ancient. Yeah. And then the third style of Pilsner on my list is the European style Pilsner, which is different than German. The European style has a slightly sweet taste and it can be produced from grains other than barley malts, such as the Dutch. Uh, brands include Amstel. Grush and Heineken. Everybody or, knows Heineken. Yeah. Or Belgian. Juniper, Maas, and Stella Artelis. 
Juliper, Mace, and Stella Artois. <laughs> Belgian, not French. <laughs> Juliper, or Jupiler, sorry, Jupiler, Mace, and Stella Artois. Artois, is that how you say it? I'm like 75% sure on that. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, and then the final style that I have on this list is the American style Pilsner. It says that uh, German immigrants brought Pilsner style beers to America in the mid 19th century. American Pilsners today are still closer to the German style, but the grits, I don't know what that word is. Grits? Grist. Grist. The grain bill. Why didn't it just say grain bill then? Why did they say that's. Why did they say Nadir or Nadar? I don't know. Nadir instead of rock bottom. But the grist contains up to 25% corn or andor rice. The style gen- generally has medium low to medium sweet malt flavor and medium to high European hop notes. So these are your Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Got your four flavors of beer. I got Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light. Which one do you want? Okay, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> if you ain't first or last, after we chug these beers, we can go out yonder into the mountains and we can go make us ourselves some moonshine. Wiretap, we do not make moonshine. I don't even know how to make moonshine. Um, You already have to know how to make moonshine because you know how to make beer. Well, you know how to make wort. So basically to make liquor, you take the same wort that you use when you make beer, but you distill it. Which means you you reduce the water content, which increases your alcohol content, and you, you, you distill it so you get a higher alcohol content. So if you can make beer, you can make liquor. It's just a matter of whether or not you have the right tools to make liquor. So um, I think that does it for... The learning portion of this episode. Right. So we, I just cracked open a fourth beer. This is the one that started off this adventure. It is by Brink Brewing. Which is one of our favorite breweries. They are in College Hill, Ohio, not North College Hill, unless you want to get punched in the face. They are very big on the College Hill, which I love it because that is that is a neighborhood. Brink is a very neighborhood brewery, and I love it. And we don't go often enough. I mean, we go fairly often for to-go beers. Yeah. We almost never go anymore for to stay and enjoy. I mean, I drank a beer while I was there. I know, but it's, but, it's a yeah. risk. It's a risk because it's small and there may or may not be seating. We have two kids. That both love to run right now. Oh, man. <coughs> Drew Pilsner. This is a traditional style Czech Pilsner. Rich, complex, bready maltiness combined with a soft and rounded bitterness, leaning toward a floral and earthy hop flavor. More body and complex flavor than a German Pils, creating a full mouthfeel but without residual sweetness. Fermented with the H strain from Pilsen that leaves a characteristic Czech yeast flavor, extra esters, and minimal perceived diacetyl. Gluten reduced, according to Untapped. Mmm. This one's interesting. Let's see. Traditional style Czech Pilsner. Yep. Soft bitterness, floral earthy hops. Hmm. I'm not getting any of that. It's very it's, smooth. It is very smooth and very neutral. It's a little more cloudy, at least at the moment, because I can't see your face through it, but you did just pour it. So let's give it some time. No, yeah. This was the color it was the other day when we had this. 
Um, the head pretty much, there's like a, a little bit of mm-hmm. head. Very bubbly, for sure. I don't get any bitterness. Maybe I don't it, Maybe it's because we've been drinking all night. We have been, we've been drinking a lot. I mean, we're, we're at two and a half beers almost, and we typically don't drink a ton. No, but like you said, it's cloudy. Um, hmm. I just get really smooth. I don't I get, do too. I don't get any crispy nest like the other ones had. It's just very smooth. So that tells me it, it's, it's definitely a lager. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it doesn't have that crispy nest that the others had. No. I do get a lot of, it's a little bit sweet. Do you get that? Like you read the description and it says, bready malt, you know, rich. I get that. Soft bitterness. I get a little bit of bitterness. No, I don't get the crisp. It's definitely refreshing for sure. Oh, it's it's very refreshing. It might be my, it might be my favorite so far. But like yes. I really enjoy all of them, so it's very hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's like choosing between your favorite kits, right? I mean, some days that's really easy. I love them both. <laughs> but sometimes we don't like each other. You have different amounts of love for each kid. Yes, there is an You love them differently. I love them differently. There is an air and a spare. <laughs> And which one is which changes on a daily, if not hourly basis. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is the, this is just so different. I mean, it between is. the four beers, the first one was super hoppy. Mm-hmm. Second one was kind of what I was expecting. Fretboard also had that as well, but it yeah. was kind of different. And then this is just... It's, it's different. Which is why it would potentially win a medal or not win a medal depending upon who the judge is of the day. Well, the judges are supposed to judge by style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would drink this all day. <laughs> I would too. I mean, I would drink all of them all day. Yes, um, please. These were like really good. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about Pilsners? I have a little bit more of an appreciation for them. I could have sworn, like if you would have asked me to put money on it, I would have said that the style of Pilsner is older than America. But it's not. That was a little crazy. Well, yeah, according to that, it looks like they perfected it in the 1800s. Yeah. I mean, the Germans, they like their malt. This is true. Pilsner's... um, Pilsner wouldn't be like the first thing that you would grab. Like, what does does Hofburg House always have on draft? They have a half of ice and just the original Hofburg House, which I wouldn't consider a Pilsner. Yeah, they have an Oktoberfest, a lager, a Hefe, and a Dunkel. That's what they always have on tap. They always have Oktoberfest? It's it's Hofbrauhaus, so I am not surprised by that. Where are you reading that from? That's on their menu? This is the Hofbrauhaus website. Really? Because yeah. I remember going there last, you know, for my whatever birthday, like five years ago or whatever. And, and maybe they just so they they, they have, have the, they have a brew of the month. And yeah, they have September, the original lager, the Hefe, and the Dunkel. In September, the brew of the month is Oktoberfest. I thought I thought it was the brew of the month. In July, their brew the beer of the month is a Pils. So in September, it's um, Hofbrauhaus House Oktoberfest. Yeah. Versus October, it's their Fest beer, which is a Marzen. Yeah, which is different. Yeah. So maybe they just list Oktoberfest because everybody knows of Oktoberfest. I don't know. Yeah, I'm super angry at myself because in 2013, I went to Munich 
Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm multiple places in Europe, Germany, Austria, Hungary, old Yugoslavia, and um, we went to Munich, and uh, we stayed with we did we stayed in a hostel, but um, there was a host family quote hosting us, mm-hmm. and he was very passionate about showing us the the old. There's the modern Munich, and then there's the, quote, old Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the older buildings are and the churches and stuff. He was very passionate about showing us the old town, and he literally took us on a walking tour. He spoke German, and then the chaperone translated for him. And this was when I tell this story all the time. He's like, the guide is like, that is the best bakery in, in, in Munich. And then he walked away. It's like, let us order food. Yeah, like let, let us, us experience the best. And everyone was complaining because we saw our millionth church that day. Mm-hmm. The chaperone is like, hey, come on. We have to let them explore a little bit. Yeah. So they gave us an hour. It wasn't enough time to dine in Munich in, in, at the Hofbrauhaus, House, but... Some people, I guess, went and saw it, the Hofbrauhaus. I have a Hofbrauhaus Munich mug that my mom picked up sometime in the 80s. I know, but um, I went with a group that went shopping. It was all girls, and they went shopping for, like, dresses and stuff. And I'm like... Well, I have been told that the secondhand stores in Germany are just full of dirndls and trucks because... Nobody wants their Oma's dirndls because they're like over it. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can get them for stupid cheap and all sorts of fun ones, I would totally be down for that, too. But I picked the wrong group. But Yeah, you it, did. But, yeah, so even if I would have picked the group that went to the Hofbrauhaus, house, it wouldn't have been enough time to no. do anything, like eat the food or even grab a beer. So that's why we need to convince my employer that I need to spend three weeks in Germany. Three weeks. Two weeks in Germany. And then we'll just use a week of vacation time for the third week. Hire a nanny and we'll explore the town. I don't know, man. It would be nice, though. Mm-hmm. Not with a two-year-old. No. The kids need to get a little older first. That is it for this week's bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to us on social medias. We are at Craft Parenting Podcast. We have a website, which is www.craftparentingpodcast.com. We have an email, which is craftparentingpodcast at gmail.com. Share the show. It's what helps us grow. Rate and review and hit all of the notification buttons. We do a blog. That's where we post the show notes, plus some stuff that doesn't make it into the episode. You're Joe. I'm Caroline. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Bye. I love you. (laughs) And also, have lots of fun editing this episode. This might be a a super bonus episode. I'm trying to not go...
into the mic, but I know that I'm failing. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is why we don't eat on the podcast, folks. Oh my goodness, there were digestive biscuits in here. Do you know what digestive biscuits are, Joe? No. They are things that the British people think are snacks, like are tr- tasty treats, but really they're to help you poop. <laughs> And it's really funny when British people figure it out. They're like, oh my goodness, I thought that this was a treat. No. So let's move on to 